0: What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we will still be looking at the New Japan Cup, or shall I say the New Japan Cup, on March 10th, where we had Jay White taking on Toa Hinare to see who will advance to the second round. Hinare really impressed in this match against Jay White. And I could see him one day being a big star or even just being a big baby face to go after the heels and eventually may end up coming out on top. There were some instances where he probably could have came up on top on Jay White to get the upset victory. But you guys know that wasn't going to happen. This New Japan Cup is definitely the j Pan Cup. And he's going to go all the way to the finals, fight Kota Ibushi, and definitely split that belt back into its two original forms, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship titles. Because I totally believe that we shouldn't be erasing anyone's legacy, no matter how many times Naito has challenged for that belt, no matter how many times Tana or Akata has challenged for those belts. And yeah, while those three main top guys can make the argument to New Japan Pro Wrestling Management that they deserve a title shot at any time because of their accolades, you know, anyone else in that company can still climb the same ladder and still do the same amount of feats that the three top guys can do. You know, I've always looked at it from a creative standpoint for a chance of having the young lions, Start their legacies off. And I think that sometimes it's best to start off with maybe the Intercontinental Championship title, because that feels like the second best title aside from the IWGP Heavyweight Championship title that, you know, everybody wants to have. And sometimes not everyone can definitely have that title. So why not go after the Intercontinental title, the United States title? The six men never open weight championship title and even the six men never open weight tag team championships and then the junior tag team championships regular tag team championships and I think that's all the titles that I mentioned either way. I like that the young lions can have a little bit of creativity with all these titles rather than trying to fight for the rest of them while sure combining both championships can help elevate the other titles within new Japan pro wrestling. You know, I always want to make sure that if new Japan is going to be signing a lot more guys that they have a lot more opportunities to create stories around these belts and make all the belts feel important and not just the two main ones that we always talk about. So if JY could find a way to split them back, have them back in the company rather than just having one. And you know, people may feel that it can get boring and a routine can definitely happen with these belts. But with the right direction in creative and booking, we could take on fresh new ideas even as they're split. If they're combined as one, you know, I could understand that Kota Ibushi wants to be the first. So that way we could always talk about him. But Ibushi, we're always going to talk about you no matter what. You're always going to be in the debates of who's the greatest wrestler, who's the greatest high flyer, who's the greatest tag team wrestler that's out there. You know, you're always going to be talked about in any debates, whether or not you're the first champion, the last champion, the middle champion. It doesn't really matter. Your name is going to be synonymous with everything else that we talk about in professional wrestling. So combining both belts does make you possibly not only... The God that you claim to be, but also the devil as well. Taking away a tradition from New Japan Pro Wrestling to just have one belt. While it could be innovative and smart and interesting to build up new stories and new rivalries for people that have never held it. That means that Tana will have to work triple times harder. Okada will have to work triple times harder and Naito will definitely have to work triple times harder to just get the belt on their shoulders and take it away from anyone else and start building their legacy to rebuild it. Sure. That's a lot of work on their hands, but they could still do the same thing if both belts were split and somebody Anybody could definitely make it harder for them to achieve that success. And then when they finally end up getting one of the belts, it will feel that much better rather than trying to fight for one belt that you obviously just wanted after you realize you had to pull double duty to fulfill your obligations as the so-called god of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to throw this out there. Before I dive into the wonderful match between Hinari and Jay White. So because Hinari impressed me and he's going to be a real big deal one day in New Japan Pro Wrestling or anywhere that he goes in the world of professional wrestling. Imagine if we still had both titles before the unification was signed. I can definitely see Hinari going after the IWGP Intercontinental Championship title. And with his massive power and his strength and his ability in the ring, he could definitely keep it for a long time. And he could definitely create a rivalry between someone else that wants to step up and take that championship away from him. But now that the both are unified, that type of fresh storytelling that Hinari will usher in a new era for the Intercontinental Championship legacy will not be there and it will not be attached to his career, his accolades because of this unification. I just hope that when people listen to this podcast, that they understand that stories are going to be less now that we have a unification title And that is the only point I really want to get across is that stories are good for professional wrestling and for the good of the wrestlers as a whole. That's why I got into professional wrestling. The creativity, the story, the drama got me into it and thus why I went for a writing degree for my career and to help these guys out and to just steer along their stories and their bookings to make sure that everything is consistent to make sure that we don't miss any loopholes or loose ends. And sometimes wrestlers forget this and they need an extra hand. I have no problem with helping anybody in the wrestling business with their character or their booking. So to have one less title in a, company that prides themselves on being the best in the ring and making the best stories between each other it's a little absurd that the new guys coming in and won't get the chance to stretch their creativity with a really high profile belt and Hinari could have had a chance and had that gold around his waist and If we would not have this unification. So I'm just trying to drive the point home from a creative standpoint. It sort of hinders all the new lions that are coming up through the dojo system. The ones that have already graduated and they have yet to really do anything spectacular to grab the fans attention because they're not going after titles. They're not stretching their wings as much in their bookings. And because we currently have this unification going on. So it sort of stops them and they have to rethink about the goals that they want. Maybe one of the young lions wanted to hold the Intercontinental Championship title, but our lovely god of New Japan Pro Wrestling probably didn't think about that because he already held it many times before getting the double championships. So, you know, take it as what you will. Kota Ibushi playing both God and devil? Probably. That's most likely what it is. But I'm here to advocate for creativity within professional wrestling because creativity brings in money. That's what it is. Creativity brings in money. With that being said, let's talk about J.Y. versus Hinari for the first round of the New Japan Cup of 2021. So in the preliminaries leaning up to this and in the backstage comments, Jay White has said multiple times that Hinari doesn't matter to him. Hinari is just a stepping stone for him to get to his ultimate goal of making it to the finals, beating whoever is there and then taking on Kota Ibushi, taking the now unified belt off of him and splitting the two back so that way his legacy of being IWGP champion and IWGP heavyweight champion can be intact. And he's also doing that for Okada and Tana and Naito to have their legacies intact. And as Hinari listens to all these backstage comments, his anger is definitely evident in this match. And he definitely impressed he impressed me and he surprised Jay White in this match. So he took all those backstage comments and basically showed Jay that he really does matter. So we start off with a lockup from both guys. And then, and then a rope break happens because Jay White is doing his tactics of getting into the ropes and making sure that the referee does his job. And there is a rope break. Another lockup happens and Now, Hanari pushes Jay into the corner. Jay switches that and kicks Hanari in the stomach, brings him out of the corner, and when Hanari reverses the Irish whip, Jay slides out of the ring, creating some distance between both of them. But Hinari is very quick to follow. For a guy who's at least six feet tall and has... That muscle on him, he's very fast. So he follows Jay White onto the outside. By this time, Jay White is rolling back into the ring. And this allows Jay White to stomp on Hanari to get the upper hand. Now Jay White brings Hanari into the corner, delivers some strikes and kicks, and then throws Hanare into the other corner, does a drop down. So that way when Jay gets back up, he catches Hanari in a headlock. Hanari pushes Jay off into the ropes and Jay smartly rolls out. This is where Jay starts playing mind games with Hanare and all Hanare wants to do is showcase his power and his athleticism towards Jay and make sure that Jay knows that he does matter in this match. So finally, Jay gets back up onto the apron. However, Hanare rushes to him and Jay ducks Hanare's swing only to do a chin breaker over the top rope. Jay comes back into the ring with a headlock takeover. And does another one so that way he can show Hinari that he's not stronger than Jay White or even smarter than Jay White. Hinari powers out of the headlock and sends Jay into the ropes and both guys do a shoulder tackle. Hinari's quick with a heavy forearm that staggers Jay White. Hinari comes in with another shoulder tackle to Jay bringing him down. Hinari then brings Jay White into the corner and smashes his head against the corner turnbuckle. And then delivers some stiff chops to Jay's chest. Hinari then delivers some kicks to Jay White. And Jay rolls out onto the outside. and And Hinari decides to throw Jay into the guardrail twice. Back first. And then chest first. Usually on the outside, Jay is taking full advantage and full control of his opponents. But this time around with Hinari's strength over Jay White at the moment, Hinari is in control. Both men are back in the ring and Hinari does a headbutt, a body slam, and then a knee drop to Jay and covers Jay, only for Jay to kick out at two. Jay then crawls over to the ropes. However, Hinari grabs Jay's foot. Jay then kicks Hinari away and while on the apron, Jay catches Hinari and suplex him out of the ring and onto the floor. Now, this is where Jay White gets a little dangerous on the outside as he decides to ram Hinari's back and chest between the ring apron and the guardrail jada who is on japanese commentary agrees and approves of what jay white is doing to hinare Jay then decides to throw Hinari back into the ring, goes for a cover, but Red Shoes doesn't want to count. So Jay decides to give one stomp to Hinari's midsection in order for Red Shoes to count. You know, I understand that Red Shoes doesn't like Bullet Club and really doesn't like Jay White, but at least count. You know, he threw him back in the ring. He followed one rule. Jay does a body slam to Hinari and goes for another cover. Hinari kicks out. And then Jay decides to drive his knee into the lower back of Hinari, damaging that core so that way Hinari doesn't have enough strength to pick up Jay White and do some really strong power moves. Jay then does a single leg Boston Crab to Hinari and drives his knee into the lower back of Hinari to add pressure to it. Hinari does get to the rope and causes a rope break. Jay White releases the submission hold and brings Hinari into the corner to drive the forearms into the lower back, and then does a snap into a chin lock, driving the knee into Hinari's back. Hinari powers out of the chin lock and throws some punches into Jay's midsection, but Jay just pulls Hinari down by the hair. Jay then tries to throw Hinari, however, Hinari hangs on to the rope. Hinari reverses the Irish whip on Jay, and Jay is sent shoulder-first into the corner pad. That looked completely devastating. Hinari comes in with a chop, then a shoulder tackle, and a suplex to Jay. Jay manages to get to the corner and pull himself up by the ropes. And Hinari comes charging at Jay, only for Jay to get the boots up on Hinari, Hinari then manages to slap Jay's chest again, picks him up for a fireman's carry. However, Jay escapes and does a DDT to Hinari. Jay then does a running elbow into Hinari in the corner, pulls him out of the corner to try for another move and escapes Hinari's hold only to kick Hinari in the leg. So it can make it easier for Jay White to do a, a snap suplex to Hinari in the corner pad. And then Jay White picks up Hinari for the blade buster and goes for a cover and Hinari kicks out at two. Jay then delivers some more kicks to Hinari's midsection to weaken his core, even kicks to his face and forearms. And Hinari absorbs all of that from Jay to deliver one heavy forearm to Jay. Jay blocks Hinari's attack and does a flatliner to Hinari and then a deadlift German to Hinari. At this point in the match, Jay is toying with Hanare, some slaps, and then ducks Hinare's attack and a big Yurinagi to Hinare. Jay pushes Hinare out to the floor to have Reshu's count Hinari out so that way Jay White can win. At this point in the match, this is Jay White letting Hanari know that he really doesn't matter and that Jay White is above Hinare. Jay White really doesn't do This type of tactic, unless he really feels like his opponent is not up to his standard, is not up to his worth. So pushing Hinari out to try to just get a count out victory is not only the heel thing to do and not only the bullet club thing to do, but also just to show that. Hinari is not there yet. Hinari probably came back from training elsewhere and hasn't even built up enough reputation in New Japan Pro Wrestling to be considered on Jay White's level. So pushing him out of the ring, trying to get this count out as a victory for him to move on to the second round where he will be facing Tanahashi. And I might have just spoiled it. Either way, Jay White is really good at getting into the psyche of the opponents that he wrestles. And this is one of the major factors that makes him so great inside and outside the ring. Imagine being the great baby face that is Hinare and being told your whole entire life that you don't matter and that everything that you dream of is probably not going to come true and that you'll have to work 10 times harder than everyone else and sometimes people do not see potential in you and every single negative thing that ever gets thrown your way and then it gets amplified when you finally come to New Japan Pro Wrestling and you're facing Jay White who's at the top of his game who has a lot of accolades under his belt and then he adds more damage psychologically by kicking you out of the ring just to get a count-out victory and just to say in future promos that he beat someone like Hanare just by a count-out as if like that win really didn't matter for Jay to push Hanare out of the ring several times during this segment of him trying to get the count-out victory it basically solidifies that this win over Hanare really does not matter to Jay White. If Hinari had gotten the victory over Jay White, that would have mattered a hundred times more. But because, spoiler alert, Jay White does win this match, Jay White doing this just brings down the psyche of Hinari more. However, Hinari is determined to still manage to get the upset victory as he comes into the ring and Jay realizes that this idea is not going to work. So Hinari has a lot of fighting spirit and JY sees this and he goes to the outside and he throws Hinari into the barricade before throwing him back into the ring to do the Kiwi Crusher on Hinari. After JY does the Kiwi Crusher on Hinari, JY goes for the cover, Hinari kicks out at two. Then JY tries for the sleeper suplex, but Hinari holds onto the corner ropes. Jay drives his shoulder into the back of Hinari so that Hinari can loosen his grip. Jay does a Saito suplex to Hinari. Hinari is in the other corner and Jay White goes and places him on the top rope. They basically fight for position until Hinari can come off the top rope with a big shoulder tackle to Jay and then does a clothesline to Jay White and a Samoan drop as well. Hinari goes in for a huge clothesline to add more damage to jay white covers jay and jay kicks out at two jay white comes in with multiple elbows to Hanare and hanari lands a few of his own to jay white jay white goes for his slap combo but hanari blocks it halfway through more elbows to jay and finally a roaring elbow to bring jay down and hanari goes for a devastating spear to jay white Hanare rushes at jay but jay smartly drops down hanari picks him up for a side slam and Hinari goes for the cover on Jay White. Jay White kicks out at two. Gato comes in with the distraction. However, he gets knocked down by Hinari. Hinare delivers another big tackle to Jay White. Jay White kicks out at two and Hinari tries to cover him. There is a headbutt to Jay White. However, Jay counters with a sleeper suplex right after and then does another one to add more damage to Hinare. and then comes in with the blade runner and covers Hinari for the one, two, three. Jay White is moving to the second round to face Tanahashi in this new J-Pan Cup, which I'm super excited about. But let's not take away the fact that Hinari gave it his all in this match and Hinari did a wonderful job. He definitely impressed me, like I said in the beginning of this podcast and during the backstage comments, JY said that Hinari surprised him a little bit. Hinari is definitely going to be a wrestler to look out for in the New Japan landscape as well as the Young Lions. I love putting over such as gabriel kid suji and yuya they have been gems on this whole entire tour and they are amazing to watch and we're definitely going to have to support them and also support hinari because they're going to be major figures in new japan pro wrestling so quickly we have some post-match comments jay white is still so mean to the young lions they finally give him a bag of ice and he basically tells them that Hinari could go to the back. Jay White then proceeds to mention how when he's facing Tanahashi, he proposes an idea. He basically mentioned that Tanahashi should lay down for the switchblade Jay White so that way he can advance to the finals. And in return, he will split the unified title back into two so that way his legacy and Tanahashi's legacy for that IWGP Intercontinental Championship legacy to be intact I like the sound of that if I was Tana I'm not sure if I were to agree with just laying down without having a fight for it but then again with Jay White teasing Tanahashi here and there and we know that Tanahashi is just getting a little bit older. I'm not even sure how much longer he has left in the business. And so, you know, maybe laying down for the switchblade is a good idea jay white definitely wants to prove to the world that he was meant to be the double champion at wrestle kingdom 14 and to solidify himself as one of the best in the world and in professional wrestling hanari also had some interesting comments to say about his loss to jay white and i just wanted to quickly comment on them He had mentioned that he sacrificed everything, including when his dad died to do the tryout again for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Apparently, New Japan Pro Wrestling did not accept Hanare the first two times, so he failed in trying to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. But that fighting spirit, that determination, that ambition that he has definitely brought him to where he's at. So losing to Jay White, while that may be devastating for him and it may be a personal loss, it's nothing short to be embarrassed about. It's something of a learning experience to lose to somebody with that caliber status and to learn from the mistakes and just understand Jay White's way of thinking and turn it back on him. I don't think Hinari should have beaten himself up too much and basically mentioned that he sacrificed everything. And it's like, well, Jay sacrificed everything. Everyone in New Japan Pro Wrestling sacrificed everything. And everyone in this business, including myself, sacrifices a lot as well. We're all in this together. A loss is a loss and a win is a win. You know, if anyone should feel bad about losing to jay white multiple times it would definitely have to be david finley and this is hinari's first real major loss maybe hinari should seek the friendship of david finley and learn from him and both of their shared experiences of losing against Jay White should definitely help both of them and probably help Finley if Finley manages to get the victory over Yoshihashi which most likely David Finley will get the victory over Yoshihashi and then we could have Jay White versus Finley again. And their past will definitely meet. But for the time being, Hinare is definitely an impressive wrestler. He definitely has you rooting for him and wanting to listen to any of his backstage comments, especially if it comes from the heart. And I know that those backstage comments in particular definitely came from the heart and he was definitely hurting for losing to Jay White and probably going back to the drawing board. That doesn't mean that Hinari should go back home. That definitely means that Hanari should just train a little bit more different. He could rely on all the power moves he wants, but add some psychology into it, add some heelish yet baby face tactics into it, which I would have to like really sit down and think about how he can change up his style. But instead of just being a full big powerhouse and trying to get the quick victory because of the size and the power of the attacks, try some ground moves. Wear out your opponent. Don't let your opponent take advantage of your core and weaken your strength to do those power throws, to do those power moves. You know, make sure to turn the tide On your opponent when you wanna make your in ring ability that much better, and that's why losing to Jay White is a learning experience to try to turn your whole entire style around and make it an all round contender. So I have nothing against Hinare. Hinare is definitely going to be on my wrestler to watch list. And see how he grows in his career and see how far he goes. This is just me talking about how he can change up his style after suffering a loss to Jay White. And it definitely looked like it was eating him up inside. But he did a wonderful job. And both him and Jay White put on one hell of a main event for the ending of that new japan show and as we know jay white is definitely going to the finals and going to split the belts back if you guys don't believe me then you guys are not breathing with the switchblade all right ladies and gentlemen that has been my analysis of jay white versus toa hanare and if you enjoyed the analysis make sure to show this podcast episode some love there are many ways you can show this podcast episode some love so this will be an audio format for everyone that loves to take podcasts on the go. Head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. The cool thing about anchor is that you guys can leave me a voice message with your thoughts about this episode and your thoughts about Hanare and Jay White and everything New Japan pro wrestling. Just make sure to hit that little button that says voice message, record your message. I'll listen to it. I'll play it on the podcast. The other thing too is that if you enjoy my hard work, You could also leave me a tip. It is not necessary, but if you want to help out the show and myself and just wrestling in general, that'd be great. You can also listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. This will also be in video format, so head over to youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Help me get up to that 100 subscriber goal, so that way we can all be in this community together and talk about professional wrestling. If you guys are not already following me on Twitter, where I can have conversations for days about professional wrestling, make sure to follow me at Marie underscore shadows. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is always fun talking about new Japan pro wrestling and wrestling in general, and also talking about anything JY related. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and it brought some value to your life. You have been listening to an episode of the square circle podcast. I am your host, Marie shadows.